Hey everyone and uh, welcome back. And on this episode today, I'm going to be welcoming someone called Jasmina Pless. So Jasmina is actually currently the head of entrepreneurship at the Danish Chamber of Commerce. And she has a pretty crazy story because she actually used to work in government, uh, in the actual um, the Ministry of uh, Business. But she moved into this head of entrepreneurship role uh, currently, it's a privately owned organization acting as an NGO, which is a bit also unique. But basically what she does is she's the voice of the startups here, specifically in Copenhagen. And in essence, is an entrepreneur's best friend, helping them get all kinds of policies and ideas pushed forward and also their voice to be better heard in terms of how the government then, I guess, lobbies to make changes to support them and do better things and, and support courses and developments to help improve entrepreneurship in the country. But she's got a cool story because she's born here in Copenhagen, and then she grew up in north of Copenhagen in a place called Hasko. Any Danish people listening, I'm sure will know this place fairly well. But what makes her story super interesting is that she's basically a child of the world. So she's done a huge amount of traveling. She left Denmark to do her studies a bit in Vietnam. She then came back to Denmark and left again to do her master's in Egypt, right around um, during Arab Spring when everything kind of began to collapse in Egypt. So it was an enormously dangerous time to live there. And on this episode, we're going to go deeper on how that experience, how her her travels and her exposure to these different cultures, but also her, her niching in her, her studies and work has really paved her, her career and given her a huge amount of insight. I hope you guys enjoy and um, we're going to jump straight in actually um, to the section where we began to talk about her journey and her travels to Vietnam and then Egypt. Enjoy guys. During my studying, I was um, I was going abroad. I first went to Vietnam for a semester during my bachelor's, which Jeez, was okay. uh, yeah, which is a bit crazy. I went there to study uh, development studies, and I thought like, why not doing it, do it in a developing country? Um, nice. So that was interesting. And uh, when I was at my master's, I decided to do an internship at in Cairo at the embassy in Cairo, and. Uh, the reason why I picked Cairo was actually, this was during the Arab Spring in 2014. And I had basically been seeing um, on television, the, the riots and all these young people standing up for, them, for themselves and wanting democracy and well, obviously getting into a lot of fights with the government. And um, I think a lot of people looked at this um, on TV and thought like, wow, I would not go there. But when I, when I looked at this, I was just like, I need, I need to be there. This, wow, this, why, is this I mean, why, why, why is that? I mean, why was that so compelling for you? I, I, I remember those times, um, actually. It looked crazy on, on the news. It, for me, it was, it was this whole, the young people now starting to build a democracy and wanting this so much. And they'd been oppressed for such a long time and not being able to speak their mind or have opinions and form um, parties, political parties. And all of a sudden, they were rising and they, they really had a hope. And I thought that was so beautiful. And I got really interested in that. Um, so, well, so I moved to Cairo um, in 2014 to become an intern at the embassy. 
Um, well, unfortunately, we all know that the, the Arab Spring didn't end so well. Um, yeah. So all this beauty all of a sudden turned into, yeah, and yeah, slaughterhouse and a lot of oppression, people getting kidnapped, killed, disappeared. Um, wow. So, so that was that was very unfortunate, of course. Um, well, meanwhile, I was living in Cairo, and I was only supposed to be there for uh, six months for my internship, and then go back to studying at CBS. But um, I uh, I met a British journalist, fell in love, and uh, <laughs> then I decided then I decided to stay. Um, I didn't know for how long, um, but I actually ended up living there for two years. Um, and that was uh, a crazy time, but also a really, really great time of my life. Um, because I guess a place like Cairo just attracts crazy people in a good way. Um, people who, um, who either go there for being a journalist to report on what's happening, um, scholars go there to study it academically, and then you also have all the, well, the diplomats fighting for the rights of the people. Um, and civil rights and uh, just in general lots of cool people um coming to this hub to to take part of it in in their way um so that was a very inspiring time for me and i uh i was writing my master's thesis while i lived there because well i guess i had to finish my my studies in one way or another um so i did that from cairo so instead of yeah well going back to finish my degree at copenhagen yeah, we're at um, Copenhagen Business School. I decided to uh, yeah then stay and then study from home in my apartment in Cairo and then fly back to the exams every once in a while. Wow. Um, and that worked fine actually. Um, I guess I think I actually got better grades from not attending class. We could all think about that for a second. Um, but um, yeah, so I wrote my master's thesis from Cairo, um, which I think was great because I had so many great opportunities and people around me who was willing to talk and look into um, my topic, which was at this point, um, it was uh, access to finance for startups and the legal obstacles. Um, obviously, they're very different in the Middle East than they are in Denmark. Um, it's, it's, the puzzle is more like rough. They, they just need the basic... Um, setups basically um, um the laws to even acknowledge that there's something called uh, venture capital or something like that wow. um <clears throat> but that's that's where i got interested in in entrepreneurship and probably um entrepreneurship from like a macro perspective so maybe i very early on realized that um Maybe I wasn't born an entrepreneur, but I think that entrepreneurs and startups are really, really important for society. And, um, and I studied academically, and that's basically what I, what I work with today. I, I love your story when we spoke about, you know, going to Vietnam, then going to Cairo. What are your okay, thoughts yeah. in terms of like the things that impacted you while you were doing your travels, which also helped you make up your mind into what you're doing now? I think um, what helped me in that sense was that I was, I was specializing in something. Whereas if I look compared to some of the other, um, probably we, we often hear about these, which call them um, like A-level um, grade girls. Um, we have a lot of those in Denmark where it's like girls doing everything they can to get really high grades. And 
that's good. But I think, and I, I didn't necessarily get like the highest grades, but I still ended up doing very well. I think because I, I, I got, I found a, a niche. I found something that I got really, really good at. And that was obviously um, political things in the Middle East um, <clears throat> concerning entrepreneurs and concerning finance. So it's, it's very niche. Um, and I think that uh, focusing on this has, has helped me develop um, like this, this sense of finding something that I'm really good at and that I was probably at that time one of the few people in Denmark that knew something about. And um, that definitely helped me earlier, earlier or later on to uh, like get a job and uh, develop my, uh, my knowledge in this field. But I guess your situation, I love that where you, when you specialize a little bit in something niche, it differentiates you on a, on a specific level. But I'm, I'm wondering how, and even now with coronavirus, the, the impact, because people are going to be really fighting for jobs, right? I think you're, yeah, I think you're absolutely right in all of those points. Like, definitely, uh, we have a bit of an education inflation in Denmark because it's for free it's very accessible everyone can get a master's degree so in one sense you need to find out like what makes me different what can i offer um why how can i create value uh, in in a company um that makes me special compared to all the others um and and i think traveling and in, in a way where, you, I mean, backpacking is nice too, but you know, traveling in a sense where you still build up some kind of skills that, that's related to the work field. Um, I think that's, that's a golden way of, um, yeah, developing your skills and getting some experience as well. And yeah. obviously exposing yourself to um, <clears throat> an international environment in one way or another, that, that's always useful um, because, well, many jobs today have like an international international flair in one way or another. So I think that's, that's very useful for people um, to do that. Yeah. This leads me naturally into my question. Mm -hmm. Passion for what you do. I think there is a very clear passion that you love what you do. Hence why you maybe put in that extra work and that effort, not necessarily always within office hours, because the nature of, I believe, what you do also somewhat requires it. Can we zoom in a bit more on, you know, the day-to-day -day of what you're doing and, you know, where your, your kind of passion for doing that is? Because I think that's a super interesting one in terms of why you go above and beyond and why you're building your own sphere around it. Absolutely, yeah. So um, what I do now, my responsibility at the Chamber of Commerce um, is like taking care of an, our entrepreneurs and startups. And that goes uh, in two directions. On one side, I have, I'm making sure that we uh, take care of our members that are startups and that are entrepreneurs, make sure that we have events that are relevant, network activities, like day-to-day um, access to knowledge that, that can help the company develop in one way or another. It can be events where you hear about access to finance, IP rights, something very concrete and that the company can use right here and right now. Um, on the other side, I work on making um, political um, recommendations to the government. So um, the whole the political side is like developing policy 
and uh, just making sure that overall we have the best framework conditions as possible in Denmark for startups. Um, and well, that's that's two quite big things. And uh, the the amazing and the horrible thing about my job is that I don't really have a job description, and I don't have I don't have people necessarily who gives me deadlines or someone who tells me. Uh, what to do and what not to do. Um, obviously, I have a few extra tasks, but that's nothing right. compared to these two major things that I do. Um, and that means that I just get I I get grabbed by these uh, fun ideas that people come people come to me with a fun idea about like let's do this, let's start this project, like let's make this event, or how about this political recommendation? And um, I have so many inspiring people around me who. who are feeding me with great ideas, basically, um, and I want to do it all. And uh, that means that I may sometimes be taking up a little too much work, but I do it because I think it's important and I think it's fun. So and then yeah, let's I mean let's zoom in on you specifically, right? I guess it goes maybe a little bit hand in hand with the job to be present, to be visible, so that you have those startups that can see what you're up to and, and interact with you. And is that one of the main reasons why you're doing that stuff or is there a different motive for kind of building out your own brand so to speak um i think well i probably do it for several reasons but uh, absolutely it's it's part of the job you can say um and it's a great way for me to interact with the startups both those who are members and those who aren't to get input and to uh understand the struggles better because well i'm not an entrepreneur myself so i'm basically the voice of those people who are actually busy building a company um and so so obviously the social media platforms helps me interact with uh those people that i represent um and uh it's it's just as well i guess a way of also um making myself visible for sure um because and that also goes hand in hand. The, the, more, um, the more I post something, the more I can become an important voice in this field. Sure. And um, that means that, that people would also come to me and see me as, um, like it, it increases my legitimacy um, sure. in this field. Um, so, so I think that's, that's probably why I do it too. And then obviously, sometimes it's also just a matter of that I have something that I really want to share, some information one way or another, or I hear about a fund and I really think that startups should know about this because it's a great opportunity to get funding or something like that. Talk to me more about the support that, you know, that is behind you on this, because I think, you know, I can't speak for everyone, but I think a lot of employees, for example, would feel that, you know, oh, I don't know if I can share that or maybe I'm not supposed to be doing this. And I want to slowly just discover if that's dispellable and if it's like maybe it's more of a conversation you need to have with your managers or your or your leadership in your companies around how to do this correctly. But what's the environment for you and how is that kind of maybe fueled? your ability to do it better or, or different? I'm definitely uh, lucky that I have great support from my bosses. Um, nice. And they, they fully support everything that I say and I do. <laughs> and um, that obviously makes it a lot easier. But I think if people don't necessarily, if they aren't sure, and if they're, if they're working in a field where 
being outspoken on social media isn't as normal, um, then I think that it's something that you can learn. And I think it's probably, so I remember me stepping into being more public uh, on what I was doing. And so Oof, I came from a that? job. That must have been a complete nightmare. <laughs> yes. God, yes. I'm on the pedestal now. Um, I, uh, I worked before. I worked in um, the Ministry of Business. Um, and so I was uh, employed by the government at that time. And uh, basically doing the same thing what I do now, just making policy recommendations on access to finance for startups, but in the government. And uh, uh, I, in, when you work in a, in a public office, um, then you don't really, you aren't encouraged to sure. be very loud on social media. Well, some people do it and some people can do it gracefully. And I think it's great when, when they do, but it's definitely not something that you're encouraged to do. And uh, so, so when I moved from that work environment to uh, the Chamber of Commerce, where you're, it's basically your job, like you're not doing your job if, you, if you're not on social media, um, I think it's, it's basically not allowed to not have a Twitter here. Obviously, super happy what you're doing now. Have you already thought about how you're building something up around you for your future? Or is that still kind of a, in process? It's a tough question because I think right now I'm, I'm probably still too busy developing something for the company or for my yeah. organization. And, and I think right now I'm focusing, focusing on if I can do this really well, then everything else will probably also go really well. Um, and I think right now it's a matter of making what I'm doing right now a great success. Um, yes. Obviously, it's not it's not easy as a one man army, um, but uh, that's that's basically what I'm focusing on right now. But <clears throat> I think I think uh, the the tiny tiny baby step that I have taken to consider like where is this taking me um, and and how am I going to use this uh, later on is that I have um, started an English. Um, Twitter profile because right now all my content is in Danish. Okay. So it doesn't really, like, there is no international perspective to what I'm doing. And I think that's the next step in, in um, cultivating me as a brand. And um, what I'm doing is probably taking it to an international level. Like, why shouldn't I be able to be a specialist on? Um, policy recommendation for startups on an international level right now is very national focused. Um, and all these things that I make, um, analysis, policies, and all these things, it's, it all comes out in Danish. Um, and I think that I could probably also create value um, to international organizations and, and, and this knowledge that I've built up over my time working, um, that this could be used um, in, in other countries or other organizations. Um, and so the tiny baby step is that I've made an English um, Twitter profile. I think I have 30 followers. So what? Okay, <laughs> please I'm go follow go, me. Go find it. Everybody <laughs> listening, go and find it and subscribe. Come on, let's do this. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't think, I haven't posted anything in a couple of, months maybe i i promise i will start posting from now on on the the english one so the plan was that every time i do something in danish to make a small recap 
do it in English as well. Um, but that's a very long-term perspective on investing in my long-term international career. Along your, your jobs that you've had so far, have you ever had a manager or a coach that directly worked with that was really amazing or, or, or conversely really bad? Like, have you had someone that had a massive impact in the way that you've developed um, professionally? Well, my current boss, I'd say, is very, very encouraging on my development as well and um, putting me forward. Um, both goes for the, the main director and my closest boss. Um, and well, they, they even like they headhunted me and they believed in me um, for this position, uh, which is, first of all, a great step in like the acknowledgement and then it's just it's very rewarding that they believe in me so much that i can basically run this the way i want and um and that they are very encouraging in that like i i i'm just not i'm not only just producing content and then someone else take um the credit for it they're very encouraging in the sense that um that I am the voice of what I am doing and I'm responsible for this. And this is, it's my face on in the media or where, wherever um, that, that this is, this is me and they are very encouraging and like developing me. So I'm very, very lucky that, that I have that support. The, the, the bosses that I've had, so my first job or my first real job in the ministry, um, I had a boss that was like super, super um, good um at at the the stuff that we were doing and she was really teaching me and stuffing knowledge into my head and really telling me when i wasn't doing it right and um in a hard but very efficient way so that meant that i got really really good at what i'm doing and then because of her and then now i have these other bosses that just let me use that and nice and just yes trust trust that i know what i'm doing um so i guess that combination is is really really valuable that you first have a manager where you can learn a lot and then you have managers that where you can use that knowledge and they create space for you spot on and I th it depends on where you are on your journey i think when you're young and fresher you know maybe making breaking into the workplace you know focus on learning and getting managers that are great at like teaching you stuff like this is how to master yeah. this this is how to expertise this and then maybe as you get a bit older and more experienced in a specific field like look for managers or, or companies where you can like be let loose to execute but have a great person to support you and and drive everything around you to just make a better job at what you're doing uh, i don't know that's a cool one uh, we should we should caption that that was amazing and the last thing is um the whole point of this is at the end i would love for you to quickly reflect is there anything that you can share from your personal experience don't don't fluff it off for the general public but something that you've learned on your journey which you use maybe even daily or on a regular basis which is a great tip for yourself that has helped you find balance in what you do helped you give yourself a platform to do what you do any any specific tip that you can share um i think i would be going back to like just specialize mm. um especially when you're young instead of just being good at everything in a shallow um superficial way then dig into something and maybe don't maybe that means focusing a little less on other things especially 
if you're still studying, um, focus on something that you can become really, really good at and that companies will value. And there will be a job out there for you, um, whatever niche you find that you want to specialize in. No, I like that one. I think that's so true. Um, amazing. So everyone that's still in CVS right now, studying, specialize, <laughs> focus on something specific, enjoy life, but not too much right now. So stay safe, stay out of public places. Jasmina, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much. Um, I'm really honestly personally inspired by your story. I think it's, I love your travel adventure side and how that's resulted in where you are today. And I'm looking forward to watching where you go. So um, all you listeners, go find her on LinkedIn, connect, send us some love. <laughs> yes. Thank you so much. No worries. Cool.